Hi everyone and welcome to East Redland Anglican for this 7th Sunday after Epiphany or the 20th of February 2022. We're coming to you today from uh, St Mark's at Dunwich on Stradbroke Island and we'll be focusing on the reading from 1 Corinthians 15 where Paul was asking the question about what the resurrection body is going to look like. Not an easy question to ask or answer, I dare say. So, as always, um, go and sit back and relax, uh, grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you would like, and sit back and enjoy the sermon. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Um, I recognise that this might not be the most appropriate audience for this one today, but I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, pop culture and more specifically about the movie franchise Back to the Future. I don't know whether you're aware, we're aware of the movie franchise Back to the Future. No. I can't tell you how many times I have watched those movies since they came out in the 1980s. Now, the movie we're interested in this morning is number two, which came out in 1989, but it does cross over with the first one, which came out, or which was set in 1985. And more specifically, the scene on October the 26th, 1985, where Dr. Emmett Brown arrives back in 1985 from the future in the DeLorean time machine and persuades Marty McFly and his girlfriend Jennifer Parker to travel back to the future with him to help their future children. I haven't quite worked out that one yet because if he was helping someone in the future, just tell them in the... Anyway, there's a whole thing there. And with that, they arrive on October the 21st, 2015. Um, for those who know the movies well, you will know um, that I have left out a lot of bits of the story here, like the futuristic conversions of the DeLorean time machine, etc., etc., etc. Having set all of the confusion up, what's important is the date in the future they go to. October the 21st, 2015. Why is that interesting? It's interesting because that date is now in our past. And the reason it's important to us today in this present reality is, that, is what it has to say about the future. I say that because the movie showed us a possible future in 2015. We had hoverboards and flying cars, wearable technology, video calls, hand-free gaming, tablet computers, self-tying shoes, etc., etc. Now, some of this was way out there when we think back to 1989. Some of those ideas were way out there and unrealistic. But 30 years on, 1985 to 2015, we had wearable technology, we had Google Glass, we had Apple Watches, we have smartphones. I've got a smartphone here and I've got a, an iPad here that I'm reading off now. Um, and they run our lives. We had hands-free gaming with Xbox Connect. We have video calls like Skype and FaceTime. And as we know throughout the pandemic, we've got Zoom. I can talk to my spiritual director in Pittsburgh, in the US, via Zoom, by video call. We had iPads and other tablet platforms. My iPad, my iPad, 
This little iPad here can do almost anything my computer can now. And to go with all of that is cloud-based storage. So I can access any of my documents on any device all the time. In fact, with Google Drive, with um, OneDrive, with Dropbox, with all of them, I can access um, multiple people, uh, well certainly with Google Drive, multiple people can access a single document and be editing it together at the same time. Nike even patented a design for self-tying shoes not that long ago. So I look back to 1985 and I remember having a 256 kilobyte Amstrad computer. It was big and it was clunky and not very powerful considering um, my laptop has, oh, I think, maybe 16 gig of RAM now. But go back even further to 1969 to the computing power on the Apollo 11 services and lunar modules, it was less than my Casio calculator from high school. That's how much we've come. Um, and I still have that calculator sitting on my desk at home, believe it or not, and it still works. As you can see, this stuff excites me a little bit. Look at the past and realising just how far we've come. Certainly some of what Back to the Future 2 predicted hasn't happened, but a lot of it actually has. The question is, is it possible that these movies planted seeds that a whole stack of nerds, just like me, couldn't help but delve into and imagine the possibilities in the future? Now all of this may come out of science fiction and fantasy, but you never know what's going to come next. The, thing, the things to take from this is that clearly the seeds we plant are important. That is, we don't fully know what those seeds in some future will yield. And I think Paul is saying something similar in today's reading from Corinthians and asking the question, what sort of body will the resurrection produce? It's a puzzling question for us because we only have the, the finite categories of our own existence to use as some sort of guide. And I, well, what I mean by that is, I mean, think about the... We start to think about the infinite nature of the universe, you can sort of start to go a bit cross-eyed at the, the concept because we don't know what that actually is. And sometimes that takes us down paths of backward thinking that keep us locked into unhelpful perspectives. So in considering the seeds we plant and what the yield might be, we need to stand back from the detail in the middle of the passage and see how uh, Paul's argument works. Verses 35 to 38 introduce the idea of the seed which is sown looking like one thing and which comes up looking quite different. The point here is, is make, the point he is making is simply that we understand the principle of transformation of a new body in continuity with the old, yet somehow different. And he emphasises that this happens through the action of God. God gives it a body. That's the first thing to grasp. The resurrection is the work of God the Creator and it will involve transformation, not merely just some sort of resuscitation, as though the seed after a while underground were to emerge as a seed once again. Verse 39 to 41 establish a different point. 
that we are all used to different types of physicality, all the way from the fish in the sea to the stars in the sky. So when Paul speaks of these physical objects having glory, he means brightness, describing the new body as having glory which will contrast shame or humiliation or darkness. His point is simply to note that there are different types of created physical reality, each with its own properties. And verse 42 to 49 brings him to the crunch. The ultimate contrast between the present body and the future one is between two basic types of humanness. God already has the new model in store, he says, waiting to bring it out on show at the proper time. Though, of course, the prototype, the resurrection body of Jesus himself, has already been launched. So it's sort of like God's had a product launch with the resurrection of Jesus. So it's a rather confusing picture to try and grapple with. But in the end, I think Paul is saying that the seeds of the, resur of the resurrection of all believers have been planted already in the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection life is going to look different to anything that we thought, but it's going to be magnificent. The thing we have to be careful with here is that we, uh, is that we remember that this isn't some sort of passive process that happens just because I might say that I, be that I believe in Jesus. Saying it is important, don't get me wrong, but doing it is just as important. And this brings us full circle. We don't really know what the effect or result will be of the seeds we plant. Just like Back to the Future, no one in 1985 saw a lot of the technology as possible. And yet today we have it, for good or for bad. The, things, the thing is, if we choose to plant nothing, if we choose not to live out the resurrection life we're called to embrace, then one thing is absolutely for certain. There won't be the possibility to see the effects or the results. Nothing can change and grow and express God's glory. So today's message from Paul isn't just that Jesus rose from the dead, but that his body could never again be taken away from his followers, could never again be taken away from the world. And we might ask, how can this be true? And it's true because the body of Christ is us. We are the body of Christ. We are everything Jesus is in the gospel, for we are his body existing in the world. And this is why what we do and plant and cultivate matters. It's an active, intentional and sometimes difficult life in the world. Now, over the last couple of weeks, um, I've, asked a couple of, I've asked a few things in my sermons. I've asked everyone to come with me as a people sent to plant seed through the reign of our lives in Christ, that we might be a blessing to those who come after us. I've asked that we all prepare the soil on which we plant so that what grows produces fruit worthy of the glory of God. And today I ask to take the seed we have been given and to throw it into the soil of expectation because what we do now matters. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That brings our podcast to an end for this week. 
If there's anything more you'd like to know about the parish, you can always check us out at our website, which is www.eastredlandanglican.com.au. You'll be able to find lots of links there to our Facebook page, to our Vimeo and YouTube channels, and to our Apple Podcast channel. You'll be able to go through the website there and find out any other information you want to know about our service times or baptisms and confirmations and things like that. Um, So check us out there, um, have a look, and if there's anything you need, please don't hesitate to send us an email or give us a call. Um, And we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.